welcome to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. My name is Stacey Hillier, and I'm so excited that you've decided to join me, some of my friends from all walks of life, as we chat about how the prophetic is purposed to build both the church and to break outside of her four walls into your world. We'll chat to prophetically minded people who are positioned in the marketplace, education, science and medicine, arts and entertainment, government, family, and the church, all with the intention of equipping you to prophetically build and lead in the places and spaces that God has placed you. So let's get to it. Today, we continue in our focus on prophetic worship. We've already chatted to the incomparable Roma Waterman, Pastor Joel Field on prophetic musicianship, and next week, we are going to talk about prophetic art. I'm super pumped about that. Today, though, we are talking all things prophetic production, lighting, cameras, audio, and all things technical, which is totally my strength not, but that's why I have amazing people around me. So when it came to this topic, I have the absolute privilege of chatting to one of my friends, Pastor Erin Planner, who is our executive pastor over all things operations here at Numa Church. She is wise, godly, and a boss lady with such a strong prophetic gifting. So you're going to love hearing from her today. Welcome, Erin, to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. Now, Erin, you actually speak three languages. Is that right? Yeah. Three? If more. you count tongues, let's count tongues as oh, one. Yeah. So yeah, English yep. and Italian. I did learn Chinese, like Mandarin for a very small time. Okay. But I would not say that I speak that fluently at all. Right. Well, can you say welcome to this podcast in Italian? E benvenuti al podcast con Stacey Hillier. There we go. There you go. I, I understood that. I understood <laughs> Stacey Hillier. Now, can you say it in tongues? Just kidding. <laughs> So you've been overseeing our operations team at Numa Church globally now for how long? Just over two years. Woohoo! Best two years of your life. (laughs) I've learned a lot. (laughs) Yeah, well, we're all learning, aren't we? So for those listening today, what teams are within our operations pillar in our structure here at Numa? Yeah, good one. I get that question a lot. Mm -hmm. So um, events, church events sits within that portfolio. Um, Our services team, so that's your ushering team, Mm -hmm. your connections team, which is a team that normally welcomes you on the door, Um, your service coordinator production yeah. oh, I think they're the main coffee cart where we have hospitality in yep. different locations yeah the main ones all the things and today we're talking about the teams that mainly operate within the auditorium yeah we are structured here at Numa around a five-fold mm. seven pillar org chart as well as a theology around yeah. fivefold from Ephesians 4. Yep. And in the first four weeks of this podcast of season one, we actually talked through yeah, uh, what this fivefold structure looked like. I got to chat with the apostle, with the evangelist, the shepherd and the teacher. But we have, when we talk fivefold here at Numa, we're talking seven pillars. Yeah. So the addition of business and operations, which support and help uh, outwork all the things of the fivefold. Yeah. Can you explain for people how you see your role for the fivefold and how it works? Yeah. I think r- I'll explain it practically and then the theology that Pastor yep. Corey and Sim gave us when yep. they um, came and, and mm-hmm. shared with us what God had given them a vision about the seven pillars. Yep. Um, but basically the the nutshell is that the operations team is there to undergird and outwork the vision. Yep. Um, so whether that's the vision uh, for my role, that's a vision yep. for a Pastor Corey and Sim have for yep. the church. Um, that can be in an event space, the creative vision that comes for those events um, or in our locations, the vision that sits under the global vision, mm-hmm. but our operations pastor at your location also has um, 
the joy to outwork the vision of their local apostle, which might yep. be some specific thing. So yep. in a nutshell, that's what it is. Yep. Um, the theology behind that, um, that Pastor Corey and Sim gave us, which was awesome because I think with Ephesians 5, there's so much that's, um, or Ephesians 4, sorry, there's so much that's unpacked in that for yep. the fivefold. Um, but they also had a real vision for the other two pillars, business yep. pillar and operations. And they gave... Um, Acts 6, so the life of Stephen, mm -hmm. as the theological basis for everything mm -hmm. that we do. So if you go into that scripture, there's a lot unpacked and it talks about um, setting aside people. Mm -hmm. They actually, it's not that they just give them a task list to do, they actually mm -hmm. anoint them, set them, set this work aside for them. And it talks about the serving of tables in that mm -hmm. scripture, which is really interesting. If you go into the background of what that actually means, it, it was when the church would bring all of their wealth and goods into one place. Yep. And then it was actually Stephen and the people that were um, ministering alongside of him that would actually divide that up and make yep. sure that the widows got the right amount that yep. that was actually divided up. So it was a huge responsibility in terms of um, releasing the ministers and pastors to teach and preach. Mm -hmm. But the whole heart behind um, behind that was, yeah, a releasing factor. Mm -hmm. So armor bearing and releasing, but it is a ministry within itself. Yes. And I think the other thing that's really interesting um, that you see through the life of Stephen and I think speaks to uh, what we do as mm -hmm. an operations pillar is that he was actually the first martyr of the yep. of the church. Yep. <laughs> and he was not martyred because he was doing a great task list. He was martyred because he was mm. working um, so powerfully with the power of the Holy Spirit. Yep. Um, so I think that every that we do within the operations pillar is driven by the Holy Spirit. And um, there's some very practical things that on a day by day happen, yep. but also within our ministry. So there's a very practical element to it, but there's also very much a partnership with the Holy Spirit um, mm -hmm. in everything that we do. Yeah, it's a really good description. Before we get um, specifically into production, I will talk fivefold for a moment. So obviously the apostle and the prophet have their eyes and ears in heaven. And what the operation and the business pillar help with is making sure that we don't have to get our heads out of that space. It's our responsibility to keep our feet on the ground and not become detached. But um, you guys help us outwork a lot of the functional things so that we can he keep hearing and seeing what is happening in heaven when it comes to the role for the evangelist. It's helping make sure that what's on the evangelist's heart for bringing people into the church or equipping the church to go to the people and see them one for Christ. You guys help out with that. When it comes to the shepherd or the pastor, you guys help with the functional undergirding and outworking of things like life groups and pastoral programs that happen. And then when it comes to the teacher, you guys have a role to play in organizing our Bible college and organizing all the, the things that have to happen with the teacher. And so you guys are very important to us. When it comes to the outworking of events, I like to describe it this way, which you and I have talked about. The apostle will see the bones of the structure. The prophet will see the flesh and the skin and the colors and the operations pillar will breathe life into it. Yeah, great. They're the one that makes the body move yeah. and breathes on the bones and the flesh. So now I want to talk specifically about our production areas awesome. and how they can operate prophetically. Yeah. Um, so in Psalm 97.4, we read that his lightning, God's lightning lights up the world. The earth sees and trembles. In Genesis 1, 14 to 15, we read, Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from night, mm -hmm. and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, 
and let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Luke 17, 24, for just like the lightning, when it flashes out, flashes out one part of the sky, shines to the other part of the sky, so will the Son of Man be in his day. I love these scriptures because it talks about how God actually lights up the yeah, world yeah. at different times. Yep. One of my favorite things to contemplate when I'm delighting in creation is that God chose color over black and white. <laughs> yeah, come on. I just love it. <laughs> he chose his rainbow to be colorful. Yeah. Not just is God about lighting yep. and about shadow and the way they all interact and play with one another. Mm-hmm. God also sings over us. In Zephaniah 3.17, it says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. So God intends for us to enjoy his creation and each other visually. And because all of worship is a response, once we do see and hear something that is visually or orally pleasing, it should cause us to worship as a response. Yeah, great. But in the church structures we've got today, we need in our auditoriums to light things up, to amplify and (laughs) sounds and visually present God to the world through cameras, through angles, through all the technical things. And we actually imitate our creative God Mm. and we invite people into a deepening, full sensory worship experience through our production avenues. So with this biblical foundation in mind, Erin, how do you train and teach your teams to be prophetic and to co-labor with Christ while they serve him instead of just doing a task? Yeah, I think that's the whole key, like to understand why we do what we do, that it is Mm -hmm. a co-laboring with the Holy Spirit. So if you can start from that platform of like, okay, I'm here to co-labor with Christ today to see his will be done and see lives change and see people come to know him. Mm -hmm. Like we have to start from that foundation, whatever we're doing. And it's the same for production. Like, so I think reminding teaching and then reminding Mm -hmm. the team, like, this is what we're actually here to do. And then within each area um, of production, looking at what that looks like. So I think asking the questions, reminding ourselves to ask us the questions. So for our camera team, um, we have a big LED wall behind our worship Mm -hmm. team on platform. And then we have two side screens Mm -hmm. um, on either side. And where I I was talking to the camera team two years ago about, hey, you know that... um, what you are shooting is being magnified up mm. on the side screens. And mm-hmm. I said, we want to magnify God. Yeah. Like that, it, what God is doing, we want to magnify. Mm. So don't just think about capturing an image yeah. or, uh, that looks good or, you know, whatever you might have seen done on some other YouTube channel, mm-hmm. but actually think about what is God doing right now that yeah. he wants magnified for people to see on side screens? Really so it's like if the uh, cello player is playing something, then go capture that and, yep. and let the church be pulled into the presence of God through what the yeah. person is playing on the cello. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's a positioning of our mind. Yep. Um, so that's what it looks like for cameras, yep. uh, for our audio team, so for front of house. They have the utter privilege of pulling together everything that's been offered up in worship from our band and Mm -hmm. from our singers Mm -hmm. and understanding, okay, 
these are the songs that we're playing. What is God speaking about the service on Sunday? Then in rehearsal, okay, God, I heard that. Mm-hmm. Mm, I think you're on this this area or this point. We had um, we had a service a few weeks ago where I was watching one of the support vocalists, and I thought, oh, there's something on this. God mm-hmm. is going to do something here, and her voice was quite low in the mix, mm-hmm. um, which is normally where it kind of sits. And I just went over to the guy in front of the house. And I'm like can you just watch what's happening on platform? Mm-hmm. I said, can you see this? Can you ca- like, can you see what God's doing here? I said, can you just bring her voice up in the mix? Mm-hmm. So nothing happened for a little while. Um, and then right towards the end of the service, um, we went into like a free worship moment and yeah. she sang something that broke over the whole congregation. Yeah. So to be partnering, to understand that like that's how God wants yes. to use us, that yep. we are co-laboring with Christ mm-hmm. changes everything. Absolutely. I love what you're describing there because those people who are leading the church in those moments, our worship leaders, we don't just put worship leaders on our platform who are going to sing karaoke. Yeah. yeah. We put prophets yeah. on the platform. And so in the operations areas or the production areas, whilst that person is being released to have their eyes and ears to heaven, mm. the production teams have to have their eyes and ears to the room. Yeah. Great. To see what is being perceived mm. in the heavenly realm so they can magnify it, shoot it, or light it when it happens. If everyone's got their eyes and ears in heaven, (laughs) we're all like having a great time, but nobody's (laughs) coming with. Yeah. And in that moment, we are leading. So I love that you've described that because by having your eyes and ears to the room, Mm. it releases the prophets to have their eyes and ears to the heaven, into heaven. And that actually means we're all part of the prophetic picture and equally as important. Yeah. So So good. good. So can I still worship while I'm on task? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I feel like the that's mirrored in the Bible for us mm-hmm. so many times. Like if you look at the life of Nehemiah, mm-hmm. he stepped away, was building the walls around the city and he had a sword in one hand and a tool in the other. Mm-hmm. Like his life was worship. Yep. So, and if you go back and I, you know this better than I do, but like the meaning of worship, there there yep. is re- in Hebrew, there is really an association with, with work that is, yeah. it's, a, it's a co-labor. Yep. So if you are just operating out of a task mindset of like, okay, I've got a checklist I've got to get through, then then that's one thing. But if you are positioning your heart um, and your mind and offering that up to the Holy Spirit while you are looking through those things or going through the checklists, yep. things are going to be different. Even as you're going through the service flow, I promise you, if you are looking to God and asking the Holy Spirit to show you what it is that he wants to do. It's not a task list anymore and you'll still get the things done, but it's like, and it'll actually, things that could be very draining actually become so fulfilling. Yes. And God will speak to you about, like, there is nothing too mundane for God to use. Mm -hmm. Like nothing. There's been times where I've been like cleaning up a storeroom and I've just been like, okay, God, this is my worship to you in your house. Speak to me. And he's like, see, as you're cleaning, look at where I'm cleaning in this city. Mm-hmm. and like speaking through all those things. So there is nothing, um, if you do all things unto the Lord, yep. there is nothing that is not a worship to him. That's so true. In fact, the first mention of worship in the Bible is the word work. Yeah. So where Adam was given territory mm-hmm. and told to work it, that yeah. word is a bard, which means make your work Great. worship. And Aaron, uh, sorry, Adam, not Aaron, although he's awesome when it comes to worship too. But Adam was given a territory to work and to steward yep, come on. as his worship. 
And so we are given the same thing in our production mm. teams. They're given lighting or sound or cameras. Mm-hmm. That's their work, their territory to yep. steward and to steward well. And that is their worship also. Very famous um, couple of accounts of two sisters, Mary and Martha. Yep. <laughs> and it talks about Martha serving, but that original word for serving in the Greek there is actually a word for worship. Yeah. So in what she was doing, it was literally ministry. Yeah. It was serving. It was worship. And yeah. so they're not exclusive. I love John Mark Comer teachers on this. Yeah. He's like, hey, if we're teaching our churches that worship is only what we do yeah. on a Sunday, yeah. we are not equipping them for 95% of their lives. 100%. The whole of our lives is meant to be worship. 100%. Mate, I could feel a podcast yeah, talking yeah. on that. <laughs> yep, right with you. Yeah. So do you have any stories of where this has all worked well, people worshipping through the task they've been on and mm. understanding how to support the teams whose eyes and ears are to heaven? Oh, I think there is such a when when we can all position ourselves mm-hmm. as a body um, to do those things, it's the most beautiful picture of the church. And yeah. so I think, as you said, there is definitely an element to when that comes together on a Sunday. But there's also times when, like during COVID, so yep. we had um, we had a lot of team that couldn't be part of that kind of collective thing. So I said, okay, we're still serving our worship team. Like we're still serving them. And so I just put it out there. I was like, hey, if anyone would like to pray, hold them up in prayer, write like a card, create a a gift pack to just let them know that like Mm -hmm. we're still with them. We are still praying for them. We are still supporting them. Um, so I think that whole heart to serve the greater vision, yeah. does, it, it, it's not just a Sunday, it's yes. all the way through. Yeah. It's what we do for each other when, you know, someone didn't have a good Sunday and following up with them on a Monday yeah. or a Tuesday, it's letting them know that, Hey, like we are covenant family yes. together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that probably wasn't the best answer to that question, no, but in good. terms of like coming together when everybody is, um, when everybody is connected heart and spirit to what God is doing in a service, Mm -hmm. in worship. I don't think there's any better feeling, to be honest, because you have that tangible feeling of being part of a body that is moving all in unison. Yes. Uh, You have that feeling that you can see um, the guy or girl on monitors who is eyes focused on what is where mm. the worship leader is going, arms raised in surrender. Mm. You can see front of house watching, surveying, all right, what's yeah. happening? Where are we going with this? Arms, arms raised in surrender. I look up to the box or at the back of the room where we've got other production people and you can see them just like jumping up and down yeah. in the box, ready to go wherever we're going. Um I think though that those moments there's and not moments there's there's days or hours where that happens that's it, it truly I don't think there's anything better. Yeah, I agree. I remember one specific story <laughs> which is quite amusing now I think back on it. I think it was our first or second annual conference as a church mm. it was opening night there'd been so much work done mm. on videos mm. and media putting songs together and dances, the whole, like every bell and whistle you could think of. Yeah. And every system broke mm. in the middle mm. of this whole thing. <laughs> and the whole room went black. Yep. And the amazing thing was mm. I'm watching everybody totally freak out, but the church thought it was intentional. Wow. And at, in a black room, 
revival broke out. Yeah, wow. People just started to call out to Jesus. It was a turning point for the conference. And we did go away like (laughs) all that media and we could have just turned the lights off. But it was like God was going, I see your effort, but actually you can all enter for a moment. This is out of your control now. You don't have to light anything. You don't have to amplify anything. The church is going to lead like she's born to lead right now. It was one of the most incredible moments. So, Erin, how do you encourage your technical teams to prepare so that they're not merely performing a task? Yeah, I think that starts off with like knowing that, first of all, we're disciples of Jesus before anything else. Mm -hmm. And that the biggest thing that I stress for them is that your relationship with Jesus is the the most important thing Mm -hmm. out of which all things in your life will flow, including your craft. Yeah. So um, I think... even just as, as leaders, ask, yeah. don't be afraid to ask them about those things. Mm-hmm. How are you going? How's your life? How's your, how's your devotional life with mm-hmm. God going? How is your Sabbath going? Um, we all hold each other accountable yeah. for those things and encourage each other in those yep. areas. So I think um, the first thing is it doesn't start on a Sunday. It doesn't start on like Saturday getting the service flow and then, you know, mm-hmm. looking at what it is. But it actually starts off with the, your life as a disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I know it might sound cliche, but it truly is where it's at. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and then from there... Um, a preparation of if you are constantly in a place of intimacy with God and asking God about, okay, where, and your devotional life with Jesus is not Mm -hmm. focused just on ourselves, but on our church and where God is heading and leading the body of Christ. You can Mm -hmm. ask God those questions. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to be the senior pastor to ask God, Hey, show me what it is that you're doing. Show me, you know, what it is that where you're heading the church. Show me so I can lean into that and Mm -hmm. I can push in the right directions. So I think in terms of um, preparation, there is a, you know, preparation for your own spirit and connectivity to God. Mm -hmm. And then second of all, be asking him those questions as well. Um, and then there is some practical things, um, for lighting and audio and producing and cameras that we, that we do go through. But I think if what sometimes can happen is that we can put that first Mm -hmm. and not, our own intimacy with God and our own devotional time with God. And so we, we put the cart before the horse in some, in some ways, because you can come into a service and have, um, listened to all the songs before, if you're in front of house and gone through the lyrics and listened to where all the different instruments come into play. But if you're not, if you're not in a good place with God, if you're struggling to be connected to the Holy Spirit, you can actually do all the practical things, but you will still feel like there's something missing, like you're struggling in in some way. That's right. It's so true because it, when we're connected to God in intimacy, everything gets easier. Everything has a flow about it. Yep. It doesn't matter what tasks we're performing. And yep. You're right. There's a misconception that for production teams, they rock up and serve on the day. Yep. But there's a lot of preparation that goes into that, both spiritually yep. and practical. Yeah. I'm going to read Psalm 133 before I ask you the next question. Come on. It says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Mm. It is like the precious oil on the head running down Mm. on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, Mm. running down on the collar of his robes. Mm. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And you know, Aaron, in what we do together, the function of what we do together, Mm. I say this to our teams all the time. The church will come in and they won't know all the steps where we've fought for unity, 
they'll just know that an event feels really good. Yeah. And they'll just know that they're caught up in an immersive worship moment. Yeah. But that will be because we've made many choices to match yep. the lighting, to the music, to the sound, yep. to the way we speak to one another in meetings. Totally. Um, what do you see change in an atmosphere when the on and off platform teams all work together in unity? <laughs> What doesn't change? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what actually doesn't change? Yep. Um, I see God glorified in yeah. his fullest. Yep. I feel like the worship is at its most pure. Yep. You know, it says, I think it's in Ephesians 5, it's like submit yourselves to one another in fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like yep. <laughs> that's where it's at. Yeah. So I think everything mm-hmm. changes. I feel like um, we, we stop striving and mm-hmm. so therefore we – we are both outpouring in what we are offering up and whether mm-hmm. that's band or production and we actually are at the same time outpouring and being refilled yep. because we are the most pure cleansed vessel. So when yep. we are all in unity, means that we don't have our eyes on ourselves. We've got our eyes on, on Jesus and on mm-hmm. everyone else. And so therefore it's like the most pure of worship can flow through us, but yes. we, we receive and output at the same time. It's not it's not, there's nothing getting clogged up in that pipe. Yeah. Really interesting because actually Joel talked about the purity of that funnel yeah, wow. and that vessel as well. <sighs> wow. So what do you see for operations and production teams in the future that you feel the church hasn't quite yet tapped into? So when I, when I first, um, Pastor Corey and Sim first asked me to um, prayerfully consider this role, um, was really interesting because I had some really great conversations with God about that. And okay, Lord, like, wow, so unexpected. And, and he sort of said to me three things, like he said, these are the things that I think will, um, really mark this area. And I love that with the life of Stephen, those things really Mm -hmm. line up. So I think that within these areas, to be Holy Spirit and led in everything that you do. And mm-hmm. I believe that just like you said, this is not something for the church, but this is equipping us for our life. Mm-hmm. So if I come in and I'm serving on production, on lighting, and I'm being Holy Spirit led in that, it's like when I go back out to my hedge fund, yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm actually being Holy Spirit led yep. in what's the people I'm interacting with and mm-hmm. where I'm just deciding to make business de- decisions and so if we can learn that within a church yep. environment, then we can take that out into our Monday to Friday yep. and Saturday, which is a huge part of our ministry as disciples mm-hmm. of Jesus. You might do front of house for like three, five, six, seven hours, maybe even 13 hours on a Friday, on a Sunday, mm-hmm. but you've got the whole rest of your life yep. that God wants to use. And yeah. so I feel like when mm-hmm. we talk about the equipping of saints, mm-hmm. that that's equally as a part of operation. So I think the church... Um, if we can learn that in the tasks of life, in the everyday of life, mm-hmm. you know, the disciples were on their way to the temple when they performed so many of these mm-hmm. miracles. If we can learn that God is as present and as ready to work in those areas mm-hmm. as he is when you're just praying, when you're praying for someone or when you're ministering to someone, then I think that we can see our cities changed. Yep. We can see our workplaces change. Right. We can see our universities change. So I think that... That's I'm so passionate yep. about that area. That's so good. You know, if we study church history, it's there's a really interesting dynamic at play in that the church traditionally has been the most creative place a person can be. Yeah, well, come on. The most technically progressive place mm. a person can be. So the world used to come for to the church yeah. for uh, what is the new technology? What is the new art? 
Uh, they also used to come to us for what is truth, mm-hmm. but there's been a switch in the narrative where mm-hmm. the church is actually not involved in these conversations in pretty much every sphere now. Mm. But I believe that we're coming back into a creative renaissance of sorts yeah, come on. where people come back yep. to the church uh, for the most cutting edge ideas because we're the ones who understand we have the mind of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Yep. We're the ones who can search the deep mysteries, the hidden wisdom of God. Do you see a day when that can happen in production areas? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think um was talking to some of our friends at Bethel yep. Church in the production area and for their conference two years ago, they actually were talking about, they're just having creative blue sky day and they're like, mm-hmm. how cool would it be if like this happened and this happened and it seemed like nothing kind of came mm-hmm. out of that, but it was a creative space in which they could dream with God about what could possibly happen. Anyway, a few weeks later, one of um, the team came back and was like, so you know how we were talking about how awesome would it be if we could film and then all of a sudden go into live slow motion and then bump back into real time um, streaming. And this guy had actually, he created a machine that could do that. Like that does not exist anywhere else. And they have companies, filming companies in the States that have come to them and been like, can you actually show us? And this guy out of this space with God and this time of like just being able to dream and imagine, God sparked ideas in his head about, Mm. oh, this is totally how this could happen. I could take this and I could take this and I could put this together. And all of a sudden the church is doing something that not even Hollywood's doing. That is the place of the church. Like I 100% agree. It's Mm. the place in lighting. It's the place in in audio. It's the place in areas like that of of, um, Mm. filming and video. Totally. And I, I think we get drips and drops of that mm-hmm. in different areas like that as an example. Um, but I totally, I totally see the day that that is it. And we have to get, I think it comes from the revelation of what the church as a body is called to do. Mm-hmm. And then what we as a production team are actually doing. Mm-hmm. We're co-laboring. We have the mind of Christ. Yep. Like what does that look like? Yeah, totally. Yeah, or even technical solutions. Yep. I love Chris Vallotton talks about this when he used to be a mechanic on a car. Yeah, come on. And he was fixing a car that had been recalled yep. because it was having the same issue everywhere and it was bugging him. Mm-hmm. And he heard Bill Johnson speak on the mind of Christ. So he prayed yep. and he had a vision in yep. his mind of a small wire in the front of a car. Wow. He was like, I don't even think that's there. Mm-hmm. Put the car up on the hoist, <laughs> yep. got in there. Sure enough, it was there. He fixed it. And then they were able to fix all totally. of those brand of car I won't mention. But this is what the mind of Christ can do for us. Yep, totally. So it's actually so cool. Yep. Well, Erin, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your thank wisdom you. and insight. And I really hope that this has sparked some thoughts for what I think are traditionally teams that don't think of themselves as prophetic and don't think of themselves as part of prophetic community, but Mm. they're so important in it. Would you please pray for everyone who's listening today before we finish? It'd be my pleasure. Mm. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are the creator and that you Mm. have created us in your image. And I thank you that Holy Spirit, we can access the mind of Christ Mm. and that Lord, if there are people listening today who father, they've never operated or thought of themselves in that space. Holy spirit, it says that you are teacher. And so I pray God that just as they lean into you, that you will actually show them a, Mm. who you've called them to be and then be 
access wisdom and creative mm-hmm. ideas from heaven for other people that have perhaps um, operated in their gift of lighting or production mm-hmm. or even lyrics from a real place of just going through the motions or task. Holy Spirit, would you come and encounter mm-hmm. them, God? Would you show them a revelation of what those areas can look like in your heart for mm-hmm. those areas within the body of mm-hmm. Christ? I thank you that you are constantly teaching us and wooing us to become closer to you and therefore to become more like you, to see the world as you see it, and then to be your hands and feet in whatever that looks like. So God, I just ask for a prophetic impartation in the minds of people, especially in this area, God, that may we see things as you see them. May we hear things as you hear them. And may we be, have the boldness to partner with your Holy Spirit to see Mm -hmm. them come here on earth as they are in heaven. We love you, Jesus, and we offer it all, all our life up to you as a worship. I pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today for this episode of the Prophetic Collective. Next week, we will talk all things prophetic art with the wonderful Roma Waterman. I would love to hear your stories of how these chats are opening up new prophetic expressions to you. So please share the love on social media. Tag us at Stacey Hillier and at Numa Church. Hashtag Prophetic Collective. Make sure you hit subscribe so that you can access these episodes as soon as they are available. I can't wait to join you in our next episode in this little community that we like to call the Prophetic Collective. Until then, stay cool.